emphasizing that uh, throughout the year. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to, now, I, I normally would not discourage you, and I'm not doing that tonight, but we're going to be looking at 51 Bible verses. Wow, we might be here a while. Hopefully, Eutychus is not here and sitting way up high because he might not survive. So, normally, I would say try to turn to all of them, but um, you can do that. That's fine. Uh, but we're going to have them available for you to see up here as well. Um, I just was really thinking about this and all of this to do over here. I had no idea this was going on, especially the very incriminating pictures that were hanging over there. Um, bangs, you know, uh, and all the rest of it. Anyway, I'm very thankful for everyone's kindness. But uh, I did turn 50 years of age uh, earlier today. And I began thinking about 50 years of God's goodness in my personal life. And it's not about me. Um, it's about God's goodness. And then I was thinking about the, the fact that the importance of the Bible in my life. There's no way that I could over, like, overemphasize uh, the value of God's Word in my life. And without this, uh, any of us here tonight, um, we probably would be in a mess. And even if we get in a mess, as Christians, this book can help us to navigate that. And so when I hold this book in my hand, I know that I'm holding the inspired word of God. This is not man's word. This is not the pastor's word. It's the inspired, infallible word of God. In the last 50 years, a lot of things have changed in our society. Some of you are older than that, and you could echo that about however old you are as well. Some are younger, and you could still say a lot's changed since I was born. One thing, though, has never changed, and that's the power of the Word of God. It doesn't matter what happens out in this world that we live in. Um, God's Word never changes, and uh, that's because the Lord Jesus as well never changes. Hebrews 13, 8, that wasn't one of the 51 verses, but Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God, God led me to... Consider, I did not pick a verse from every book of the Bible. You could probably do that, and it would have been a lot more than 51. But these are some verses that when I think of certain books in the Bible that God has impressed upon me and used in my life in the last 50 years. And uh, if I spend one minute on every verse, that's 50 minutes, so... I want to jump right into this. So we're going right to the very beginning of the Bible, and we're going to go from the beginning to the end and, and not read every verse from the beginning to the end. But we're starting in Genesis and working our way through. Some of the books I did not, I did not uh, have a selection from, but and a big, big thank you to Brother Jonah for helping with uh, those slides. So the very, first, the very first verse in your Bible says, In the beginning, God. And really, if we just stopped right there, that's a, that's a very big statement. In the beginning, God. So when there was nothing else, there was God. And it, it, that's the way it's always been. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And obviously, I'm thankful that God uh, spoke this world into existence. And not only that, but God is continuing to hold this world in his hand. And then we move over to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. And for the very first time early on in human history, we see the love of God and how that God said someday there was going to be a Savior who was going to come. He was going to be born of the seed of woman. And it says in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. God is speaking to, to Satan in this verse. And he says... And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. And we know that a snake, uh, that's how you kill a snake, uh, chop off the head. And so the seed of woman, Jesus Christ, would bruise the head 
of Satan, which would obviously defeat him. And thou shalt bruise his heel. I mean, this is shortly after Adam and Eve have sinned. And yet God is making it known that he's going to provide a way for mankind to come back to him. And then Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 8. My prayer tonight is that one of these verses, or maybe more, that you would grab a hold of, and not just for tonight, for these next few minutes, but that you would grab a hold. Maybe I'll pick your life verse. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a verse tonight that God will just say, that's your verse. I like what Brother um, Wadley said about, uh, right now, this is my life verse. And I've kind of had the same life verse for a long time, but I like what he said. I like that. That was really helpful to me. And maybe that was something that, the Lord used in this uh, as well. Genesis 22, verse number 8. And Abraham said, My son, God, will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And of course, this is a story. Not everyone is familiar with all these stories, so I'm not assuming that. This is a story of Abraham and Isaac going up to the mountain. They have the wood, they have the fire. But they have, no, they have no lamb. And Abraham, the man of great faith, I mean, it's all good and well to read about it in the Bible, but he was living it. And he said God would provide. Wow. And God did provide. And then right at the end of Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20, I hope that you can go through your Bible as well and just think about verses along the way that speak to you. But as for you, Genesis 50 and verse 20, but as for you, ye thought evil against me. How many times have we been in church and we've heard this verse? And we've applied it in our life in numerous ways. Now this is Joseph and his brothers. And, we, and, and how they sold him into slavery and all that, but... For, for thousands of years, many Christians have heard this verse and taken it to themselves and said, yeah, that's right. Uh, many people thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You know, Satan might, might uh, have his thoughts about it, but God is obviously more powerful than our enemy. And many, many Christians, myself included, this verse has helped. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. By the way, the word of God is what changes our life. The word of God is powerful. The word of man has nothing on the word of God. And so, may God's word speak to us tonight. Exodus 14 and verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Where are they right here? They're at the Red Sea. This is part of Carson and I's conversation from yesterday, 90 minutes long, and he was preaching about all kinds of stuff, just kept talking. I mean, I don't think I've ever talked to him that long in, in his entire life, and uh, I was thankful for it. It was, it was a gift that I'll cherish. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And once again, I know, the, I know the, the, the time and what this is talking about, but how many times have we read this verse? Fear ye not, stand still. We've wanted to run ahead. We've wanted to race on down the road. And uh, we come to this verse, or a pastor, or an evangelist, or a missionary says this verse in their preaching. Fear ye not, stand still, and see what God's going to do. I can't tell you how many times this verse has challenged me. And help me in my life. Turn over just one other page. And it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's the very first one. And honestly, it's, it's, it's a battle that I think we all face at times. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. You probably don't have a statue of a false god in your home. I hope not. You probably don't have a statue or whatever of marble of a false god. Maybe a Buddha or whatever. Not making fun, I'm just saying those are false gods. Um, but we can also have a lot of false gods that aren't made of marble or wood. And God said, no other gods before me. Challenging, isn't it? 
Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 30. Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. And Brother White preached this verse Saturday. For we we are well able, we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once. And so here's a different challenge. Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So there's times when we need to do that. But then there's times when Caleb says, let us go up at once. We know God is moving. We know God is leading. And let's not stand and do nothing. Let's advance for the cause of Christ. God's word is always advancing. The work of God should always be advancing. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Verse number six, be strong and have a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Boy, that's that's a powerful thought. He it is that doth go with thee. Joshua 1.8, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now we're not just meditating on the word of God to meditate on the word of God. Joshua said you're to meditate on the word of God that thou mayest observe to do it. So it's not just meditating on it just for the sake of meditating on it. I'm not saying that's wrong. It says to do that. But he says that thou mayest observe to do it. In other words, we're meditating on it so that it will change our life. There is no other book that changes our life except God's word. No other book. Now, there's other good books, but they don't change our life like God's word. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. How do we know what to do in our life? Go to God's word. Ask God's spirit, show you through God's word that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 24, 15. Living by the word. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's There's still no greater... Calling then for all of us to be a servant of the Lord. Judges 6.16. And the Lord said unto him, God is speaking to a man by the name of Gideon. And he says, surely I will be with thee. Now, I hope, I hope we're trying, I hope, we can stay with it. I know this is different than normal, but there's been some common verses. A couple different things have been said more than once. When God speaks to us and says something once, we take note of it. When God speaks to us a second time, we should really take note of it. We've had fear not a couple different times. We've had I will be with thee a couple different times. And those two go to those two statements go together. We fear because we think we're alone. But we're never alone as a Christian. God is always with us. And God said to Gideon, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. One man army. 1 Samuel 15. Verse 
Verse 22. Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Question, right? There's a question there. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. Obedience is still the very best way to show that we believe. Turn over about one page, 1 Samuel 17. Verse 47. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. David spoken to the nine-foot Goliath. And we've heard the message before, the Goliaths in our life. What are they? The battle is the Lord's. And he wins every time. We can sing with the hymn writer that we're on the winning side when we're allowing God to be victorious in our life. 2 Samuel 13, 3. Now, most of these have been more of a inspiring verses. We know that the Bible is not just filled with inspiring verses. It's also filled with some uh, correcting verses or warning verses. This is one of those that I remember hearing when I was a teenager. And it hasn't left me. Now, there's been a lot of things that have left me as a teenager. I forgot them already, but never forgot this one. So if you're a teenager, take note of this verse. Verse 3 of 2 Samuel 13. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend. Wish I had time to go through that whole Bible story there. What about this friend? Well, it tells us his name was Jonadab. The son of Shimei, David's brother. Notice what it says. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. This was not a good friend for Amnon to have. This was not a godly friend for Amnon to have. And, and uh, Jonadab would cause Amnon to make some very poor decisions. And I think all of us would agree, even as an adult, that we need to really guard who our friends are. And I know in this digital age that we live in, in fact, in recent, uh, I don't know where did that, that's over there, and that's okay. Uh, you know, we can have a lot of friends on that phone that aren't godly. I had someone message me in the last little while and asked me about uh, when should a teenager have a cell phone? I thought that was discerning of that and some wisdom there to ask. Not that I'm the source of all information, but to ask the pastor a question, a very honest question. When should I let my teenager have a cell phone? And, and we, we talked about it. It was a very good conversation. Because a lot of things can happen on that phone that are subtle and life-altering. And so, even as parents, we must guard on behalf of our children. So anyway, that's one I remember just, it echoes in my mind. Amnon had a friend. I think that was the name of the message that the man preached. And he just kept saying it over and over again. That's why I remember it. 1 Kings 17. Verse number 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail. According to the word of who? The word of the Lord. What a powerful miracle is it there in 1 Kings chapter 17, which he spake by Elijah. 
They just kept pouring out and it was, it was still there. And they just kept pouring out and it was still there because God keeps his word. God's promises are not just for the people of the Bible. God's promises are for you, for each of us tonight. God will supply. 2 Kings 5.14 Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan. This is a man by the name of Naaman. This is a man who was a very important man, but he had a very, uh, he had a death sentence. He had leprosy. The Bible says that he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. He didn't want to go to the Jordan River. It was the dirtiest river in town. He wanted to, he named, he said, well, can I go to Farpar and other rivers that he named? And, you know, a little bit cleaner river. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and the instructions were very clear. Go to the Jordan River. Now, sometimes God's instructions don't make sense. And we want to try to figure out God. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't really even know if I'm going to figure out God in heaven. But I know I'm not going to figure him out with this finite mind. The Bible says that his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. First Chronicles 16. God's word changes lives. 1 Chronicles 16, 29, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Let's never forget that. There is no name in Anchor Baptist Church that gets any glory except the Lord. Thank God for the family of God and thank God for brothers and sisters in Christ. But we don't deserve any glory, but he deserves all the glory. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord and the beauty of his holiness. 2 Chronicles 7.14 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people which are called by my name there you go shall humble themselves and pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. May God help me. May God help you. Not to point at someone else and say, that's your verse. But to take it for your own life and say, no, that's my verse. I want to make sure I'm doing what God said needs to be done. When it comes to God's work in a great way. Ezra chapter 9. Ezra 9 and verse 8. And now for a little space, grace hath been showed... From the Lord our God. Space of grace. To leave us a remnant to escape. To give us a nail in his holy place. That our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving. In our bondage. A little reviving. Again, we could... Spend five minutes on these, but that would take too long. Nehemiah chapter 1. Contemporary of Ezra. Chapter 4, it says, And it came to pass when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I think if we had a little more of that in our walk with God, I really believe, not I think, I know if we had a little more of that in our walk with God, it would bring the reviving that in some ways we all need. It's not, again, about getting out and, and doing, and take, don't, don't, don't cut me off of this statement, it's not about getting out and doing all the soul winning. We need to do that, but that's not where it starts. It starts right here. Sitting down 
with a broken heart over my sin. Not even really the sins of out there, but my sin. Fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Esther 4.14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Powerful words from Uncle Mordecai to the queen. If you don't speak up, God will do something, but your family will perish. Job 121. This will put our life into perspective. This verse. Job 121, and, 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 and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Thankfully, we don't have any of those pictures up there tonight. From day one, right, Mom? You don't have any of those? Hopefully not. And naked shall I return thither. How many of us have said it? How many of us have heard it? We don't take anything with us. Of this world's goods. The Lord gave. Amen. If you don't know the context of this verse, you must read Job 1. Because it really doesn't have the emphasis without reading what Job has just endured. And he says, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He has nothing left. All of his children have died. All of his barns have been destroyed. All of his cattle have been destroyed. And even his own you know, wife. And again, she was dealing with it too. But just a very challenging like time like no one else would ever, none of us would know to that degree. And yet he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. That, that uh, is a very challenging chapter of Bible. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth. This is a scripture song here. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Not just what I say, but what I think. God knows what I'm thinking. Again, that's our, that's our task with the Lord's help. We can't do it without the Lord's help. We can't get saved without the Lord's help. We can't live the Christian life without the Lord's help. But that's the goal right there, that our, our, our thoughts and our words would be acceptable to him. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I realize it's two verses. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Maybe this is a special verse passage to you. There you go. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not with part of it, half of it, a third of it, a quarter of it, all of it. And then there's another all. And lean not into thine own understanding in all thy ways. Not in some, part, half, all of them. So if I can't acknowledge him and what I'm doing, I better stop doing it. Think about it. If I can't acknowledge him and how I'm speaking, I better stop speaking that way. Because it says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And don't lean on what you understand because it doesn't work. I'm still working on that. Pray for me. God's still working on me to work on that. <laughs> he has a good way of working on all of us, doesn't he? Ecclesiastes chapter 12. So many good verses even in Ecclesiastes, but Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. 
Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. By the way, this is number 25. We're getting halfway through. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Wow, fear God. Obey God. 26, Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah 6, 8. The prophet Isaiah, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. We're praying for laborers at 9.38 a.m. We're praying for laborers at 9.38 p.m. But I think one of the preachers may have said along the line, maybe we should not just be praying for laborers from around all over, but maybe we should also be praying that, God, if you want me to be a laborer in a different way or a more involved way or whatever, send me. Like the prophet Isaiah said. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee. I think we looked at this last Wednesday on relieving prayer. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel, verse 8, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And I'd like us to really think about that, those first, uh, uh, let's see, six words, maybe the first words two through six of the verse. Daniel purposed in his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaketh. So Daniel had already purposed in his heart. I want to encourage us as God's children. Let's not wait for the world to get any worse because that's coming. We better start purposing in our heart that we're going to follow the Lord regardless. We're not going to defile ourselves with this world. We're going to purpose in our heart that God is worthy of my obedience regardless of what that ever comes to. Again, Daniel's not even in his home country. Daniel's been taken captive, and that's a, just a whole story there. A younger man, Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10. Verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Can we not say with the prophet Hosea, it's time to seek the Lord? And maybe we are. Isn't it time to seek the Lord? Isn't it time to ask the Lord, break up the fallow ground of my heart till he come and rain righteousness upon you? There's no bad time to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Jonah chapter 3 verse number 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying. We've heard this before, over and over again. He came unto Jonah the second time. And yet it didn't impact Jonah like it should have. It wasn't obviously the Lord's fault. Jonah had a really bad attitude, a bad heart problem. But the point is, the Lord came unto him and he gave Jonah another opportunity. And he's given me plenty as well. Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 18, I love that this is the, right at the end of the book, and again, it's hard to just pick one verse, but man, I, I love this, this book of the Bible. We've, we've gone through it a little bit here and there over the years, but Habakkuk at the end of it says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I mean, the story was not too pretty in that book, and yet he gets down to the end of it, and he says, yet, in spite of all of that, he says, yet, it was dark days. And he said, yet I will rejoice 
in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Think about it tonight. No matter how dark it gets, don't let the enemy steal the joy of your salvation. If you're on your way to heaven tonight, God can't, or Satan can't take that joy. Don't let Satan take that joy from you. If you're not sure if you died that you would go to heaven, then tonight's the night. Talk to somebody about it when the service is over. I'm available. We have people that are available to talk about what God's word says. But this man said, I'm rejoicing in it uh, yet, meaning regardless of what's going on, I'm still rejoicing in the God of my salvation. I'm still rejoicing in my salvation. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Then he answered in verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We get into the Gospels, Matthew 6. Verse 33. But seek ye first. But seek ye first, not seek ye second. Not seek ye when ye want to. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God. Boy, so many times as a Christian, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves seeking everything but the kingdom of God first. We're seeking the kingdom of God, but it's on the list. It should be number one. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As you hear the preaching of the word of God, as you hear a missionary, an evangelist, as we had all the guest preachers in and they were going to different passages in the Bible, as you're having your Bible time in the morning, I hope that we're letting the word of God mark us. Get a piece of paper out, get a notebook out and and write, write down something. I'm not very good at that, but I'm trying to be better at that. Maybe someday somebody will pick up this upside-down notebook. By the way, it's an upside-down notebook. See, the printing was done upside-down. I took all the reject notebooks that were in printed wrong, and I'm just writing in them. And when I'm done, I just put a sticker on it that says full and put it in the file cabinet. Someday when I'm in heaven and somebody cleans out my file cabinet, maybe this will be an, attest- maybe this will be an encouragement. I don't know. It's not about me. It's about what's written. It's God's word. I'm so thankful that men and women have written the word of God on my heart for 50 years. What a responsibility I have to whom much is given, much is required. By the way, whether you've been saved and hearing the word of God 50 years or five days, we're blessed. We're blessed that we have the Bible. This is not the Bible. We're blessed that we have the Bible. We're blessed that we can read it and study it in freedom. We're blessed that we can share it. I mean, it is, it is what has shaped me, and I, I need so much more help. It is what shapes you. It is what makes us. It is what keeps us God's word. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Talked about this Sunday night. If you missed Sunday night, 5 o'clock, I believe we have it available on the, on the, um, on the YouTube page or on the um, other places that you can look at it. Uh, but it would, be a, it would be worth your time because biblical principles on stewardship. John 1.12. John 1.12. But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Have you received him? If you died today, would you go to heaven? If you say, Pastor Turner, I don't know. Well, it's not about becoming a Baptist. It's not about becoming a good person, hoping that your good outweighs your bad. No, God says it's about receiving him, receiving Christ. We can talk to you about that. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. I'm so thankful that we don't have to witness in our power. We can witness in the power of the Lord. Romans 10, 13. I think I could have had probably 25 to 40 verses just out of Romans. <laughs> and maybe out of several other books, especially like Psalms. But anyway. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. I need to be saved because I'm a sinner. I need to be saved because I, in, my, in, my, in my sin I deserve to go to hell. But in the great mercy of God, I can be saved. And so can you. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abideth faith, hope, charity. But the greatest of these, charity. Second Corinthians 8, 5. Talking about the Macedonian Christians. And this they did, not as we hoped. But first, here's another first. Okay? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. But first gave their own selves to the Lord. And unto us by the will of God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul writes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. These are my life verses. They've been my life verses since I was a teenager. My dad is here tonight, my mom, and in... Dad was my coach. These were the verses that we would always quote. Win, lose. Win or lose. Victory in Jesus. We would sing. And we would quote these verses. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.18 And he, Christ, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, there's that word all again, that in all things, Christ, or he, might have the preeminence. That preeminent, preeminence means top. Okay? It's kind of like, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That in all things, he might have the preeminence. How about we do an examination tonight, a self-examination, and see, does Christ have the preeminence in my life? Am I seeking him first in my life? Or is he getting the leftovers of my week? He should be getting first place. And that, that's for you to pray and ask the Lord to help you. And believe me, the enemy will give you all the reasons in the world. We covered many of them on Wednesday night. They're called excuses. And, and Satan will give you and me all kinds of excuses of why Christ can't have the preeminence in this area. He can have the preeminence in these four, but not this fifth one. Because, you know, whatever it is, we have, a, we have an excuse. But it's clearly laid out in Scripture, even just a few of these verses, they tie together. 1 Thessalonians 
Scripture memory for this week, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You can do it. Pray without ceasing. You got it, Jay? Pray without ceasing. It's a short one, but it's a powerful one. 2 Timothy 3.16. Just about done. But I'm hoping that you will... When you open the word of God, I pray that you will be looking, looking, looking. These are some verses for me. That, I mean, not 50 years because I don't remember when I was a baby, but I was hearing them then too, I guess. But that they've just been over and over and over again. And this verse here, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable profitable this is a profitable book for doctrine what is right do we want to know what is right what is right that's doctrine teaching for doctrine for reproof what's not right for correction how to get it right and for instruction in righteousness how to keep it right where do we find it we find it right here this blessed old book that I hold in my hand is true from beginning to end. It's the solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin keeps me from it, but it keeps me from sin. This blessed old book. Titus 3.5. Maybe we've got get the new look from the old book back there, guys, somewhere in the archives. You had it ready a few weeks ago, and I forgot about it, but we got, we'll get it out here in just a minute. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody wants to tell you it's all about doing this and doing this and doing that. Just take him to Titus 3, 5. It's not by works of righteousness. It's already done. Amen? It's already done. Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God, it's quick. The word quick there has the idea of it's alive. There is no book that's alive except God's word. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. It can go where no book can go. See what it's saying there? It can go into the soul. It can go into the spirit. There's no way my words can get into your soul and spirit, but God's word can. There's no way your words can get into anybody else's soul and spirit. No way it can get into the joints and marrow. And it's also a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Living by the word. Here's another one, James 1.22. James 1.22, but be ye doers of the word. Repetition is the key to learning or a word of like it. Boy, I've heard this verse so many times, but look how small it is. Look how short it is. And it's so simple. Don't just listen to the word of God. Do it. Because if we don't, this is what we're doing. We're deceiving our own selves to think we can just listen and not apply it. What a challenging statement. Two more, 1 John 5.13. This actually is number 50, but I couldn't leave out Revelation. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. I just don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. What's it say? That ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. It's not a hope so. It's a no so. Our last verse tonight is Revelation 4.11. I love this verse. I, I could say that about all of them, but thou art worthy, O Lord. Think about that statement. We're ready to quit. 
I mean, quit. Like, quit going to church, quit reading the Bible, just done. We're done. Thou art worthy, O Lord. I mean, everybody and his cousin lets us down, and even his cousin lets us down. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory. We've, we've hit on that a couple of verses, too. The glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. That's 51. It's a few more than 51 because a couple of verses, a couple of those had two verses in them. That's just a really quick one through my Bible and saying, God, what about, just lay a verse. Ezra stood up on a pulpit of wood and he read the Bible. That's all he did. He just read the Bible. <laughs> read it. Read the book of Ezra. You'll see. He just read it. And I mean, there's power in this book. And I, I honestly think that it's not a waste. I hope you don't think it's a waste. There's no such thing as a waste when we're reading God's holy word. The point is to get this book into this heart, to meditate on it, to let it not depart. For, because then, to observe to do it, then our way will be prosperous and we'll have success. Our God is faithful. And many times I've not been, but God is, always. Okay, get the new look from the old book. Do we have it there? Now, some of you may not have ever sang this song, so you're going to have to try to listen beside, maybe somebody beside you there. Thank you. This was not in this. This was not in the order of. I mean, the order of service. Okay. <laughs> All right. Get the new look from the old book. All right. This is. We'll give it. Give you one try here. Here we go. Maybe we'll do it a couple times. Ready? Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from the Bible. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's word. It's the inward look. The outward look, the upward look from the old, old book. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's word. I lost my, lost my train of thought. Let's do it one more time. How many of you have never sang that song before? Never. Okay, a few. All right, that's okay. Let's do it again. Ready? Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from the Bible. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's word. It's the inward look, the outward look, the upward look from the old, old book. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's word. Very good, very good. Let's pray.